0: Look at all this plaid. We are
1: like plaidastic. It's almost like Christmassy
0: plaid, but it's fall plaid. Oh, I've got totally different ideas for Christmas, you guys. Oh, this gosh. is just so. What do we? So
2: when we do apples, will you redecorate in a different way for apples? Oh yeah. Um, I, I might I change know, a few things easy.
0: up. I'll put apples out instead of pine cones, maybe. Or... Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. <laughs> is there tissues? I'm gonna need a tissue. I can already. it. Not feel a whole lot of
0: pre-planning. So. Just, you know, okay. go with the oh, God, I'm just... vibes get your tissues let's get cracking let's honor okay, her time I know, I know. wait are we crying today what what's no, I happening
2: feel I've drip.
0: oh i've only got wipes and paper towels right here. paper towels oh, okay, that's a rough that's a rough wiping there my nose is like steel
2: rachel's <laughs> Rachel, Rachel,
3: that i think that's close enough or do you need it closer
2: Nope. i'll just bump you up a little bit okay
3: because i oh. can bring it oh. closer
2: do you want me to introduce yes. this
0: gal? We've got a special gal. Hello, we're back. You're back. We're back. <laughs> we always forget to do an intro. Uh, yeah. Hello, <laughs> welcome. That's just she's- part of the nostalgia.
2: <laughs> Is that
1: what that's called? <laughs> Is <it> I
0: don't <laughs> <even> <laughs> know. Professionalism. <laughs> yeah, we're All right, professional. So green.
1: today I brought somebody and she's one of my favorite The people you bring are always some of my most favorite people I in know. the world. I know. So. I told her that
2: in the car. that I know. You- I, was like, I, know. Man, I love her too. I know. She just right. wants... You want to steal my thunder.
0: I like being surprised because I don't know a lot of your guests well at all. So I get yeah. to like make a new yes. friend and all the things. So
2: I met... This is Juliet. Juliet Osborne's with us today. So we met when our daughters played soccer together. And she had this giant son. And her <laughs> giant son loved my giant son. And so they started becoming friends. And Juliet homeschools her four children. She's a mom of four. And... Homeschool children are very good at arguing. And her giant son <laughs> made a decision that my giant son needed to play football. And so every blessed moment that I saw this boy, he began a epiphany of... A campaign, really. A campaign, a campaign. yes. A campaign <laughs> I mean, really. on why Parker Small <laughs> needed to play football. Hmm. And finally just to shut the kid up i was like fine and now they play together they're that's seniors right, i've
0: seen you at football games yes yes so okay. um ozzy
2: that's what he is called and parker are football players and so we became football mamas together and dog friends and dog park cohorts <laughs> and so um i invited juliet because she has an amazing testimony she's going to do two major things the things that I love about Juliet is that Juliet suffers from lupus. She has a. She chronic- loves that about you. No, but <laughs> she has a chronic. She has a chronic autoimmune disease, yeah. and yet is incredibly joyful. Um, is not woe is me. She's very honest about it and thoughtful about it. So she's going to talk a little bit about how to find joy when you are mm-hmm. actually in a trial of pain in a wheelchair in a wheelchair, all of the things. And then she's also going to talk about some of the ways that she um, manages that pain. And that is intermittent fasting. We talk about it all the time. But I don't like reading books. I like actual experts. And so to me, Juliet is gonna just tell me what to do so I don't have to read about it. Woo! Juliet <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's
0: an intro. Okay. <laughs> no, no pressure. One oh, just pressure. one question. How do you know her? Okay. This is how I met Juliet.
1: <laughs> I was just trying to think about like my first meeting with you. It was when Caden was five. He was going to go into be going into kindergarten and I was dying over – I planned all along that he would just go to Penobscot Christian School because I taught there for five years and I just was – and I never thought I'd homeschool. I didn't know any homeschool families in my life growing up. I knew just a couple and I just was like, I'm not made for this and so – Um, I thought homeschoolers were weird and I just was like, I, but I don't think this is what he's supposed to do. And so you were part of a homeschooling group with our friend, Christy Buswell out in Eddington. And I literally asked Christy, I didn't know Juliet. That's where I met her. And I said, can I come and do recon? Literally, (laughs) can I come? I think it was like a once a week or a once a month that you guys, once a month they got together. And so for a solid year, I came and did recon with the intent in my brain, if these mothers are weird, I'm not doing it. If these girls are like, my child's two and I already can speak six languages, I'm like, not for me. And so anyways, you had shorty short hair. At the time. Mm. And I remember being so intrigued by, whenever you spoke, I was always mesmerized. I was always like, she's brilliant and she's kind of quirky and I love how she runs her home and I just, everything that came out of your mouth, I was like, I want to be her friend. And so that was my first meeting of you and um, that group made me be like, okay, I think I can, I think I can homeschool. And that started my homeschooling journey Mm. really for years and years. That's cool.
3: Brilliant. That's a lot of pressure. I don't know about that. But quirky, I yes, that. I can, I can <laughs> own, own the quirky. You'll own the quirky? I'll own the quirky. So Ooh. I guess... I was trying to think of a scripture that encapsulates my journey with lupus and then my journey with fasting, and it brought me to Philippians. It the Lord, Holy Spirit brought me to Philippians, <laughs> Philippians one twelve, and it says, "But I would have ye should understand, brethren, were sisteren or something, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel." Um, I think that. It doesn't matter whether you are struggling with something and you're like in the pit or you're having success at something and you're really in a place of victory. That, that all comes back to the furthering of the gospel. Um, I think it keeps our pride out of the mix Mm. because I struggle with that, thinking I'm all Mm. that in a bag of chips and whatever the thing is. And I love that um, knowing that my purpose is always about furthering the gospel. It keeps me humble, and and I love that because usually – the gospel gets preached out of my weakness versus my place of rocking it you know because I don't know about you girls <laughs> versus my place of
1: rocking it <laughs> so well, cause cause there's no rocking somewhere. here unless it's in the fetal <laughs>
2: position on
3: the floor <laughs> 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 those places of rocking it usually are like really short-lived yes. you know you're like oh, so. you short-lived. know your hair's on point your teeth are brushed <laughs> your bed is made I mean those moments are small and uh, yeah not a whole lot to boast about <laughs> <laughs> <I love that. laughs> <laughs> so even when i was first um mm-hmm. sick and actually i was telling amber this on the way here on my way home from that ladies group the homeschooling group i was driving home and all of a sudden i couldn't feel my feet so like on the back roads of eddington i've got like a half an hour 35 40 minute drive and about halfway home i like literally could not feel a gas pedal and i couldn't feel my hands and oh my it was this, it was terrifying and i don't know that i had a cell phone i don't think I don't think I had a cell phone at the time. And so I got home and I'm like, dude, there is something so wrong with me. I don't understand. And then, of course, over the maybe six months, I had, you know, MRIs. And it's terrifying because they're checking you for brain tumors and all the super scary things. Mm -hmm. And MS, I had the blessing of um, a neurologist who was straight out of school, and she did the most amazing sort of eval, and within about an hour said, I really think you have a connective tissue disorder. I think it's lupus. We're going to check, which is really amazing, because usually lupus takes a long time to get diagnosed, because it looks Mm -hmm. like everything else. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it looks like MS. It looks like a brain tumor. It looks like you've got fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. It just has, especially systemic lupus. I'm not talking just the the one that affects your skin, because it can impact everything from, I don't know, your hair falling out to your heart having swelling around it to your kidney shutting down to your brain having, it just doesn't work, a joint pain. My oh, goodness, gosh. your digestive, it is systemic in that it can impact everything if you have inflammation in that particular area of your body. And, but yeah, so I had a diagnosis sort of unofficially, probably within about four or five months. So mm-hmm. that was really spectacular. Um, only to know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Wait, and sometimes hold on. knowing is half the battle.
2: So when you got it, did you, like, what was your, like, that would have rocked me. Well, okay, so that goes back to that verse yeah. that I
3: was just talking about. Um, you ever have those moments when you're, you're in the middle of an experience and all of a sudden you just have the ability to deal with it in an otherworldly sort of mm-hmm. way? Yes. It, Forgiving someone who mm-hmm. is so undeserving of your forgiveness, or um, I don't know, being patient with your child when you haven't slept in four or five days, it's mm-hmm. beyond what you're able to do. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that, and sometimes those are things that mm, the Holy Spirit gives us in a moment, mm-hmm. kind of like the old prophets, the, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them and then they would do this great, amazing thing. And then when later, um, you know, after the Lord. Jesus comes and then he goes back up to heaven, then the Holy Spirit's sort of more available to us like on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those moments are short, like the old prophets. Sometimes it's something that the Lord gives you and you just kind of have at your disposal sort of forever, you know, our existence here. And for me, that being able to see the Lord's handiwork in it was his blessing to me from the very beginning. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just really amazing. Um, There's this... Really cool Psalm 111, verse 2. It says, The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all of them that have pleasure therein. And he gave me the ability to see his hand in my suffering mm. all the time.
1: Just so good. Just mm. all the time.
3: And then of course that filtered over into seeing the Lord's hand in other people's situations probably to the point of being super annoying because <laughs> oh my gosh juliet i just broke my leg and it's i'm going to have to have pins and surgery and my brain automatically goes okay well, what's the lord doing with this this is amazing <laughs> i'm smarter now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fif- 15 years later i don't automatically go to that i let them have their moment mm-hmm. and their panic and let them talk it out and sometimes yeah. that takes longer than a 5 minute conversation <laughs> and then they're like oh well how do you think i should handle it well the Lord's really cool, and you know, then I can be annoying and all.
1: <laughs> Did you, were you able to do that yeah. immediately with your son? Are you going to talk about your son at all when he get his concussion? concussion?
3: Yes, I was. The challenge was is that for me, the anytime I would have a moment – when I was sick. Anytime I would have a moment that would just suck. I mean, quite frankly, I'll get into that in a minute, <laughs> um, that I would be able to stop and – like rework how my brain was framing what was happening whereas your kid all of a sudden like it's just like behaviorally even become a completely different person Mm -hmm. and so I have to stop and unpack Mm -hmm. and sort through my own stress in the moment and then encourage him in his own stress in the moment and my husband's own stress Mm -hmm. in the moment and how Isaac being a stinker and he's not like that he's just not like that as a kid he's annoying and talks Campaigner, campaigner.
2: He's a campaigner,
3: (laughs) but he's not unpleasant. He's very cheerful and very teasing. So to have him be something so different was terrifying as a mom. Mm -hmm. So having to help everyone else sort of see the work of the hands of the Lord in that was harder. Most definitely harder. And you
2: don't think you would have naturally done that without lupus.
3: No, no, because you're so terrified, your people, you want to protect and guard Mm. and I don't know,
2: you know, make everything right for them. So when you first had your diagnosis, to kind of like bring it back, so you got your diagnosis and then how did it affect your life as a mom and your life as a wife and a life like, because you've had some really bad bouts. I mean, you've been pretty stable-ish. I mean, I know you struggle still daily but you had some really bad bouts like the wheelchair yeah. and things like that Can you so share?
3: okay so I'm trying to think we're like probably 15 years out 14 or 15 years out from when I was first sick and so for the first 12 years yeah for the first your kids el- little 11 years. they were little well okay so Alexandria is 14 she'll be 15 I got sick when I was pregnant with her yeah like that's what brought it on And well, that's what activated the disease. Mm -hmm. And so I went from being, even though I was like chunky at the time, I would climb mountains, I would I did some running, some biking, some swimming. Chunky. Super chunky. yeah, yeah. I was ch- I was chonking. Yeah, I was like athletically chunky. Um so I did all the
0: feel that deeply. <laughs>
1: chonking, yeah. That that's is what my family heritage right there. Athletically. she a was a center fullback where you're like, wow, do I want to try she to She was run Isaac, into that? <laughs> but female that's is what I'm doing. thinking. Isaac <laughs> Is a
3: tank that he's would... chunky. He's chon- yeah. He's chon- yeah. Chon- yeah, especially hey. now that he's playing line. But mm-hmm. so I did all the things, and you know, like I remember being in Augusta, and I ordered a 50-pound bag of potatoes, and thought I could carry this home. I live a mile from here, and I carried it home from the health food store just for fun because. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Yeah. So, I mean, just very active, very... Yes. Um. um you um, and I are like,
2: where's the wheelbarrow? Um, <laughs> where's the, wheelbarrow? Where's the was, delivery? Where's the boy that's going to yeah. do it for me? And, <laughs> yeah. Where's the Uber for my potatoes? I am not carrying it just because yeah. I can. Just because I... Yeah. Mm.
3: So, for me, so when I first got sick, it literally went from, you know, I can't feel my fingers and my toes to... I – my legs would get so weak that they just wouldn't work. Like, they literally – I could not. And um, and it happened, like, overnight. Like, I was fine, and then I wasn't fine. Um, and uh, so – I'm trying oh. to think. We didn't have a wheelchair in the beginning, but pretty quickly we, we, we got one. But, like, I would get up in the morning, and it was so bizarre because – I would get up in the morning and I would feel sort of anxious. And I'm not an anxious person at Mm -hmm. all. Very optimistic, annoyingly so. Mm -hmm. And I would just feel anxious. And I would know it's not going to be a good day. I wasn't anxious because I was depressed because I wasn't feeling good. It's just my body was in inflammation. Totally. And I could feel it in my body. It was like my nerves everywhere were jumpy.
0: Yeah, and I could when, feel of that. Of course,
2: you were anxious. Just mm. thinking about that happening to my body, mm. I feel
0: anxious. I have two multiple, uh, two multiple, I have two <laughs> autoimmune diseases. And I feel that, what you just said, often, especially during fall and winter. Mm-hmm. That jumpy, it turns into anxiety. Mm. Our bodies don't know how to tell the difference between Absolutely. something that's happening systemically and then feelings. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it, it's triggering feelings. Yes. And so it's a very hard thing to manage mm-hmm. on a daily. I'm sorry. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah>. Same.
3: Um, <laughs> well, and then to sort out what's depression and what's anxiety and yeah. what's actually just having a rough day, that, right. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast mm-hmm. series. Yeah. <laughs> series. Mm-hmm. For real. Um, I like these series. <clears throat> I mean, it's like. Take no thought, you know. Take your all your thoughts captive, like on a whole other level, because mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. even feel like you're in charge of your thoughts when yeah. you're in that space. Right. So, I so I would get up, feel that, and I would know, okay, okay, you need to get to the bathroom, and I would get, and I would crawl to the bathroom, sort of military crawl to the, like, because my legs just didn't work. I mean, I could have asked my husband to carry me, but again, I was chonking at the time, so I wasn't <laughs> going to ask him to carry me. So oh. I would crawl to the bathroom. I would get to the bathroom. Oh, I would gosh. get up enough to like wash my face. Cause I'm, even though I like to haul potatoes and hike and stuff, I like sort of like active Barbie. I like my hair to <laughs>
1: active Barbie, uh,
3: adve- we are active ad- adventure Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, that's that's my jam. So I love I w- that. <laughs> I would make sure that my hair did not look like it was standing up on end, and brush my teeth, and I would go like military crawl back to my bed, oh my um, gosh. grab a change of clothes, get changed. There were times that my husband, God bless him, would have to like give me a sponge bath in bed because I could not even I literally could go mm-hmm. pee and get back mm-hmm. and um so I would get myself dressed because I am forgive me but I'm a firm believer like your day starts with like move your body get some bible time put your pants on mm-hmm. like I am not mm-hmm. I'm not gonna sit around and have my bible time and do all my day in pajamas I'm sorry
0: I just can't <laughs> I am same I think we've actually approached <laughs> that on a, on a podcast a long time ago and I was like these housewives who have a housewife coat, like where they're yeah. in their coat. In their house coat all day, yeah. Like in a house coat. My
3: brain doesn't engage. Yeah. Like I, I need either. to be working. I have to
0: put on a bra. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My, my, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> my brain doesn't engage. Until my brain doesn't engage until my girls are in a bra. They, they need a house, and, <laughs> and then I can get going. None of this lounging about in my big t-shirt That's and so funny. bunny yeah. slippers. Yeah. Nothing's getting done mm. like No, that. I just can't. Well, it's no. like a...
3: I don't know. It's like a PJ day. You know, if, yeah. if, that, and my kids all know, oh my gosh, mom's still in her PJs. I'm like, yeah, you can be in your PJs till 12. And then yeah. at 12, life happens. Like, mm-hmm. even those right. days are pretty short. Mm-hmm. So I would get myself dressed and I would sort of lay on my bed, prop myself up on my pillows. And my husband was so clever. He got me this basket. And in the basket would have lotion and a candle. And, you know, 15 years ago, it would have a, Portable CD player, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) headphones that you plug into the side of it. And I haven't (laughs) had so much work. I know. My favorite CDs. There would be several um, educational videos for the kids that they could just, we could just grab. Because I had a, I think Gwen was seven, Isaac Mm -hmm. was four uh and alex i mean she was just a baby so they're about three years apart so actually gosh it was like six and three and a baby Mm -hmm. and um my word you know i won't cry too much but like my daughter gwen like at Mm. five six seven years old she could like make scrambled eggs and oatmeal and Mm. you know do laundry and because mom i couldn't often um and so they would come up and they would sort of get themselves all situated and they would come back upstairs and sit on the bed with me and we would have like a little, we'd never done like devotions necessarily as a family, but we'd do, get out your Bible and we'll talk about what Jesus is doing, that kind of devotion. Mm-hmm. And so we'd get situated mm-hmm. and then they would go and watch a couple of videos, they would do some reading, some coloring, I'd nurse Alex, lay her down for a nap and I, I would not leave the bed and mm-hmm. that would happen. I mean, more days than not. I want to say the first probably three years, what that was my existence. Oh my
0: gosh! And
3: it was wow. Like when we would go, and this is the weirdest part, is that I would have good-ish days. Mm-hmm. So my best days then are my worst days now. Yeah. Honest to goodness, there's like yeah. no wow. comparison. But because I didn't, when I was walking, I walked f- fine, and my, And of course, because I like to look nice, I always, I didn't look, like if I felt really bad, I would put a little bit extra makeup on. So I felt like I didn't look maybe as bad as I felt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not for, not for me, because I felt bad about how I looked, but I needed other people to not worry. Mm -hmm. And you have this look on your face that in sort of like the lupus community, they call it like the face of death or the face of like, you're just, Mm -hmm. you look like your face is, is drawn. Uh, it, I don't know, like a cancer patient going through chemotherapy, they look... Mm -hmm. ill and drawn and tired and like my face would look like that Mm -hmm. and so I would do a little bit extra makeup um so that the people around me wouldn't worry I don't know why I needed to have them not worry but somehow I needed to fix that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again a whole nother podcast (laughs) (laughs) from this is great Uh a whole lot of things we can do and uh so when people would see me on a good day they had no idea I was sick yeah no idea and so it would be Mm -hmm. so weird I'd go to church and I could be halfway through a church service feeling fine and all of a sudden I would be done
4: Mm -hmm.
3: and I literally could not walk so we just
1: brought the wheelchair everywhere did you have like a code word for your husband like I'm out we're done Um, I'm well I think you could just look at me and it was so weird
3: because about half an hour before my legs would stop working my face would get that they called it kind of like the melt it would just kind of get longer Hmm. and like Hmm. the coloring would change like I would get kind of flushed in my cheeks Hmm. and I would get like this little I don't know lightness in certain areas of my face. It was, it was just the inflammation, I'm assuming. I was going to say,
0: it's, so it was just your body reaching max Yeah, we were just done. And, yep. yeah. and well. Michael would see that and be like,
2: it's go time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sure I, can see. I yeah. can see him in go time.
3: Well, and I think you know the stress of imagining you've got little people mm-hmm. and an infant and then your wife, and I know that I, because I'm super social, that I asked probably more of them then than I would now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, can we please go to church? Yeah, I might not be able to walk halfway through the service. <laughs> and you're going to have to get the baby from nursery. And you're going to have to do these things. But I didn't really know. Like, I just, we were trying to establish some sort of normalcy, normal, yeah, You know? Mm-hmm. And we didn't do that very well in the beginning. Like, we would stay home and do nothing for two, three weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, well, that doesn't really help because you're still sick. So if I had a good day, we could have plans to... I don't know, re-roof the house, and if I felt good, we'd pack a picnic, and we'd go to the coast, just because you just never knew when those were coming. Mm -hmm. Of course, then I'd have to, then I'd pay for it for a couple of days, but we Mm -hmm. realized that if we didn't do those things, we'd never leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that balance, I think that's a huge one for people with any kind of a chronic illness, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, Mm -hmm. to figure out that balance quickly, Mm -hmm. and to just so push it, push it, and then come home and figure out what your rebound is. Mm. Yeah, and then and then just okay. So this is this is the <laughs> sort of the price you're going to pay. Well, it's gotta totally, count the cost. Yeah,
0: it's but... totally worth it though. Mm. My yeah. hubby and I just said those words this morning, just about being in our mid forties. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I count the
0: cost. <laughs> yeah, we were like, I was like, I hate. I said this literally and two hours ago. We were cooking, and we're both a little bit sore. I've been sitting on the sidelines of soccer. <laughs> he. I don't know. remember what he did, but he's looking forward to another hiking trip on Katahdin. And I was like, honey, you're just going to pay for it for like five days. And I was like, I hate that our bodies now have to be used like currency. <laughs> and so when we do something fun that we love to do that, like, yeah, I would say we're all pretty in some realm of action Barbie. I love that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I love a good day of beasting out 10 hours in my garden. Now, if I do that... My back, my lower back feels like it's going to go out. My shoulder gets all crunked. So mm-hmm. That's what's been happening. This is my new injury. <laughs> and I have Achilles tendonitis in my Achilles. And so I'm just like, I pay for it. It's like I'm paying currency to do the thing I love yeah. yes. the most. And then I have to re- recoup mm-hmm. for five days and get my body back to zero. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what do I want to spend it on this week? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that is. that does... That's aging. <laughs> And then add autoimmune diseases on top of that, and you're going to have less currency to spend oh, every way less. single yeah. time. Well, have you ever heard that?
3: Uh, it's a fabulous the article. Spoon the spoon theory yes. is genius because so you literally, <clears throat> when you are super sick, and this could be just like maybe a, a really rough pregnancy, nine months of throwing up, that kind of thing, um, you're, it's the same idea. And uh, that you've got, you know, you've got forty spoons, and everything is going to take you so much longer to do. It's going to cost more spoons, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're fit and healthy and twenty,
0: mm-hmm.
3: it's like you feel like you have unlimited spoons. <sighs>
0: you're, yeah, you're getting more spoons. You're, you're getting spoons. Is oh, that oh, why yeah. you're called spoonies? So when maybe I, on Instagram years ago, I was following. I was like just trying to get to know people that have psoriasis, which mm-hmm. is an autoimmune. So I was getting to know my people, mm-hmm. and then there was also. But it was just autoimmune, and then there would be a hashtag spoonies.
3: I bet that's what that's from. I bet it is because the too. woman that
0: first wrote the article, Christine
3: Misurondo, maybe. But yeah, just went there. You can look it up. Yeah, she has lupus. Yeah, and the yeah. first article was about lupus. Like I said, even though the whole thing can relate to any chronic illness. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so in the beginning, hmm. I would say a good day for me would be like ten spoons. Seriously, that would be what it was. And you would decide if I make if I make <laughs> breakfast for the kids. That might be two spoons. Yeah. Well, really, I think anything on my my feet on, yeah. on a bad day. I mean, like I would get up and the kids would say, wow, mom, you're looking rough today. And like, yeah, I've got two spoons. So today we can, I can read you a book or I can draw something with you those are your options. Mm-hmm. Like that was it.
2: <clears throat> and I love that. Did you teach your kids the spoon meth- the spoonies so that you could communicate to each other that I did, way? absolutely. That is we
3: still use great- that. We still use that
2: because there are occasional days like so...
3: Just I recently just, you. Just recently. And what's odd is that I can't pinpoint anything to why I have days in the last maybe six months I'll have a day here and there because I like since fasting I mean it has almost cured every single ailment I had oh
2: my gosh I can't wait for that (laughs) segment of this story but we're press through press press through through. okay so
3: um they would uh, so yeah spoon theory so um in the recent I think it's hormonal and I think it's sleep Sleep is a huge mm-hmm. one, huge one, and it always has been for me. Um, You know, like I can mm-hmm. wake up and – or I could wake up and feel like I've got two spoons. I could take a two- or three-hour nap, and all of a sudden I might have four or five, mm-hmm. just the sleep factor. And then when your hormones are all off being in perimenopause, you know, if everything is in fluctuation, that can – it doesn't bring on a lupus flare. It can just bring up sort of a, a – Mm, fatigued day. Is this where
0: you are right now? Yes,
3: that's where I'm me at right too. now. Me yes. too. Yeah, Good time.
0: Perimenopause. Okay? Oh, you and me, we're
3: going to go out. <laughs>
4: we're going to, we're going <laughs> to. Um, hey,
2: um, your period is making miserable, ladies. So but making man, sense. perimenopause. But, <laughs> but I have well to well say, though,
3: the cheers here. of perimenopause is that um, you don't tolerate things with the same level of graciousness. So if something needs <laughs> to be, mm, <gasps> I don't know, dealt with, That never gets brushed under the rug anymore. (laughs) So I have this issue. We're all going to deal with it. Or I'm just going to end up in a white coat. Like it's just instantly. And I -hmm. I love too that because your emotions are so like on the surface and they've never been like that ever in my entire life. Mm -hmm. They're so right there that if I have this giant emotion all of a sudden about something, I cannot in good conscience just act on that because I'd be a psychopath. So I, <laughs> it forces me to just stop and go, okay, what exactly are you feeling? Why are you feeling it? Okay, now do you need to do something about the feeling? And nine times out of ten, it's like a simple thing that I need to address or I need to just regroup on my own brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's forcing me to maybe work through things that I would have been like, "Now nah, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Juliet, you could just deal with it later. Or it's not that big of a deal, just let it go. And that is not on the table at this point. <laughs> it's just not. It's, no.
2: There's no
0: rug. Everybody's back no away rug. slowly. <laughs> I am about to explode. Yeah.
1: I think that that's across the board because I don't have anything autoimmune. And literally just last week Kev was like – you have gotten way sassier in your 40s. And he's like, Absolutely. and I was like, no, I haven't. And he's like, ask your friends. Just ask them. <laughs> ask them if, if they think you're a little sassier. Yeah. And it's true. And so, yeah. so yeah. I love it. I do think that's beautiful,
2: though, that that – so that, you know – I do, but I think the Lord does that on purpose like if we all got went through perimenopause in our 20s when we're not even have a fully frontal lobe could you oh, imagine gracious. the
0: destruction no it would be the destruction like. <laughs> we'd all be
2: there'd like, be no babies there'd be there'd no, be no be babies because there'd be all divorced yeah, yeah we'd all murder there'd be <laughs> yeah. mass yeah. murders That'd be but murder. it's like yeah. So, the Lord waits until we're in our 40s to like give this, mm-hmm. this new challenge. When we've been a
1: wee bit refined. We're yeah. been
3: a we wee bit have bit. more experience. We have a little more grace, a little more compassion.
2: Yeah. And we've raised babies. Maternity. So we hopefully. realize, hopefully.
3: <laughs> We have, yeah. Woo. Yeah. But <laughs> All right. <laughs> carry on. Carry good. on.
1: <clears throat> so good.
0: So okay. Good.
3: So, let's see. So, spoons. Yeah. So, my kids, uh, it, we still will use that. Um, and I love the fact that it gave them. The blessing, okay, one of the huge blessings that came out of that time of just incredible sickness and hardship was that, you know, my children and my husband are the coolest people for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, my husband was a good guy before, but he is even better now with, I would say, any kind of like illness. Guys want to fix things. Mm -hmm. When people are sick, they want to fix it. There's no fixing lupus there's no fixing chronic autoimmune disorders, and so he had to learn to just be i don't know maybe more present, more patient more more okay well, we're just going to shift and pivot pivot and yeah to pivot mm-hmm. a lot all the time all the time and and my kids are so from having gone through that experience are so less likely to be self-absorbed. They're kids. their teenagers, young adults. They can still be as self-absorbed as any kid. But immediately, if something, if some trauma happens with their friends or with me or a family member, they, they snap back into that place of, oh, it's not all about me. I need to be present for this person because this person needs me. And mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to have
2: happen to your kids at a young age.
3: Mm-hmm. They're also uh- very <clears throat>
2: independent. Your children are very independent, but not... Not independent in the way that like they only think of themselves. They're independent in like okay, mom's having a two spoon day.
1: They delegate like they can keep the uh, house together. Yeah, like Gwen's like you're (laughs) gonna
2: do this, and Isaac's like I'm on this, and Alex is like okay, I've got this, and okay, your your time with Christian is between nine and seven, and Mm -hmm. you know like they like like they Mm -hmm. automatically they don't see themselves their family as that we're an individual. In a family, they see their family. I, as I observe the Osbournes, they see their family as a unit, and they are a team. Very much so, and mm-hmm. everybody plays a part in the team. And there is no—you're not allowed to not be on the team. Period. Absolutely. So they move. You guys move as a unit. That's so good. That's that rare. Loves, it is so rare. <laughs> is it rare. is what is very attractive about their family. Well, is and that, that, that they came move like that
3: from hardship. Yeah, Yeah. right out of that, you know. It reminds me of, I don't know, like soldiers in battle Mm -hmm. very much. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, no man left behind kind of a thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, and that is how your family moves. Yeah,
3: well, thank you. Um,
0: And how valuable all of your children are going to be to the the people around them because our culture is just falling apart and there's so many people that are – like, the last three years, I think one of the reasons why we've all gotten a little bit spicier, maybe maybe it's our mid-40s, maybe it's perimenopause, but it's also been, like, it's been a really rough three years. And our culture is just throwing everybody under the bus. And, like, I see from our teens down, there's so many. I mean, I think of Shannon Cook, who's working in Acadia right now. They're, they're currently building another hospital that's the size of the current hospital just for kids. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. And so kids, so we're, uh, and I think of Izzy, who's going into counseling for children. I was like, They're go- the world is going to need strong, mm-hmm. caring people in this next generation. Mm-hmm. And so our suffering is contributing to our children's compassion, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So which will rescue in turn world. bless their yeah. generation yeah. of humans. I think your kids too, though,
1: like, which I think is hard for teenagers in general is I think they're very quickly able to be like, that's a petty thing to – that's petty. I'm not going to – and this this is a big deal. Yeah, this you know is a I mean? big deal. Yeah. Well,
3: it's so funny that you should mention that because without throwing <clears throat> young people under the bus – I'm going to try to do this really graciously. the The constant barrage of I have anxiety. <clears throat> <laughs> anxiety is – and stress in a situation is I live in Africa and I haven't eaten in a week. Mm -hmm. I live in Africa. A lion just ate my cousin. Um, I am in war-torn Ukraine. I You know, trauma, that stressful. Our children, for the most part, don't have a clue of what actual stress is, and so they assign anxiety to I'm in a situation and it's hard – And I'm having these sort of feelings, these moments, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to let them run over everything. Whereas my children grew up with hard things, hard things, hard things to worry about. Is mama going to die? Because, like, lupus, like, you can die. You know, 50 years ago before some of the medications Mm -hmm. they have now, it was a death sentence. You had three to five years, you were done. And and even now, uh, you know, if it – attacks your heart. Like I've had pericarditis twice, which is um, swelling around the lining of your heart. Um, I've never been hospitalized, thank the Lord, because I certainly had numbers that could have indicated that that's where I was going. You know, kidney failure, I'm just all kinds of things that are super, would devastate, you know, a family with a bunch of little people. And so they lived with that constant fear, you know, Mm. that's something that would bring on anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, and yet, weirdly enough, they're fine. They don't, that hasn't become their response because they've actually been through trauma and hard things and learned appropriate coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they didn't have moments where they were like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to handle this situation. That's normal. Or I'm going to cry really hard about the situation. That's normal.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: I'm a teenage boy and my mom's so sick and I can't fix it. I'm going to go do going to cut a tree down and lug it back from the woods. You know, like an appropriate response. That may or may not have really happened. Yeah, it really did happen. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's an appropriate response to I'm having stress and anxiety about a situation, not I'm just going to sit here and spin about it and make everybody else Mm. have to maneuver around my anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's just frustrating Mm -hmm. because I know it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. So not that I recommend – putting yourself in a social situation to learn how to cope with stressful situations. I'm just saying, I think that there's um, a huge opportunity for a mind shift when it comes Mm -hmm. to anxiety and depression and how we're handling it with our teenagers. End of soapbox. Okay. Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is good. I think it's like, it's such a tricky, it's a tricky thing. So like my generation, there's a lot of helicopter parents of which I was one for Mm -hmm. sure when my kids were little, not so much now, but like when they were little. And I struggle with anxiety induced from a stressful childhood. It wasn't like one cataclysmic event. It Mm -hmm. was a whole 20 years of stress. Systematic. (laughs) Right. That in my 20s started revealing itself. In sure. a bunch of different ways that I'm still dealing with. So, but, like, for me, I wanted to protect my child from having anything scary happen. I get it. I didn't want them to cry. I didn't want them to cry. So I was textbook helicopter parent with my toddlers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we we're, were giggling because we had to live through that phase. I would not let <laughs> anyone era. else touch my child. I didn't want him to cry. He was just like, Mom, oh, my gosh, what's wrong? You know? And like, oh, nothing's wrong, Mom. I just wanted, you know, whatever. And so... It's so tough, and I do have one – I have one <laughs> of my littles is – does have the same sort of, like, propensity. That's a great be, word. To be That's anxious. Mm-hmm. Like that propensity. Yep. And mm-hmm. we work on it, and we call it – we named it years ago, your anxiety bully, is mm-hmm. just coming to – give you a hard time like we but again like i don't want that's again that's a whole nother podcast but it's tricky. it's so complicated and so tricky and it and i think one generation can affect the other Mm -hmm. and then it's Mm -hmm. like now we're trying to undo you know like all these yeah. things that Generational curses we were, are we were so trying real. to do our best and we failed doing our best.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. y- you know what I love? Uh, um, someone told this to me when I was really struggling with some aspect of failing as a parent, this is probably before even having, being sick. And um, she said, well, okay, so let's get this straight. So, um, so you're not perfect. Okay. You're <laughs> trying your best. That's great. Um, so God, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> all of his children are not doing well on <laughs> one way, shape or form. He's perfect. And they st- still are stupid <laughs> so maybe your expectations for yourself yeah. are a little high and I, I love that that like the perfect parent still has children Who that are go dumb. astray yeah. you know i'm like oh okay good all right so i'm not gonna do a perfect job they're not gonna respond perfectly oh pressure's off and that yeah. was lovely it is it lot. is lovely yeah.
0: we do a lot of reminding each other mm-hmm. yeah and love covers over a multitude that, of sins mm-hmm. yeah and that we're not perfect and they cure all the ways so like mm-hmm. that's kind of our jam is being like <laughs> yeah. whoops Oh, yeah <laughs> stepped in it mm-hmm. yeah
2: so so this is all super good and i love it and so now i want to talk about fasting awesome. so i want to i think we'll wrap this up oh, and we're okay. going to make gonna this, this a, a two-parter, two-parter because
0: two for this is already 40 minutes mm-hmm.
2: so. <laughs> so do you have any like final yeah. thoughts about finding joy in in chronic illness yeah That's, even that statement sounds so hyperbolic right like Juliet, tell us how to find joy in chronic- and <laughs> well and i just
0: want to say like because i again i feel like we th- a lot of shared probably big feels and all the stro- some of the struggles i've never been in a wheelchair but that i and that sounds terrible but like <clears throat> similar probably moments of hopelessness and depression and feeling like you're gonna die young okay. it's invisible yeah, it's an invisible suffering. It's invisible suffering. Nobody can really tell. And we can put on makeup mm-hmm. and we can stand up straight, mm-hmm. even though like right now my, ba- my body hurts in three different places badly. And I'm just like, no one's going to know that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but don't you think it's funny? So <clears throat> first of all, in, in this world – you will have yes tribulation.
1: That's what we're promised, right?
3: That that's like a sure thing. And as mm-hmm. an optimist, mm-hmm. that's hard for me because I'm like, dude, this is so fun right now. Whatever the thing is, this is good. But mm-hmm. if you live any length of time, you're going to suffer intrinsically. You you your loved one, your dog, your neighbor, somebody you know is suffering. Even if your life is completely gravy, it's here. Completely gravy, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And I think mm. that concept that it's going to be hard, but we have the perfect provider mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of all the things. I think it's, you know, step one. You've got to start yeah. there, right? <clears throat> so the hard stuff is coming. He has enough for us. You know, I can do all things, and that means all. That means all yeah. things, all things, all things. Um, <clears throat> so starting with that like precept, then it brings. us – You said the thing about wheelchair. Now, okay, so here's a perfect example of that exact thing. My wheelchair was freedom for me because if I didn't have a wheelchair, Mm. I was stuck in my bed. Mm. My wheelchair, and I I was so thinking about this because I don't, you know, when I talk about fasting, you're going to hear me talking about the, I mean, one of the greatest blessings is I don't have to be in a wheelchair anymore. Mm -hmm. But I don't want anyone ever to think that that I have this antagonistic relationship with my wheelchair because it literally was freedom for me. Like in my wheelchair, I could roll up to the sink and do dishes. Mm -hmm. I could not do that. If I didn't have my wheelchair, I couldn't Mm. make my family like chili, my homemade chili, which they love and cornbread. If I didn't have a wheelchair, I couldn't go to church if I didn't have a wheelchair. So for Mm. me, my wheelchair was such a blessing, even Mm. though obviously not being in one is pretty dope. Yeah. I'm just saying. So that's such a great perspective. So if you're in a wheelchair, You have a wheelchair. What a blessing that is! Ah, Because not everybody in the world has access to wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. They're just stuck. And that I don't know. That's like a whole other spiritual analogy that we could go on. You know, Um, and it church. Yeah, it gave me Mm -hmm. wheels. It gave us freedom. Mm -hmm. And so when I was teaching the four and five-year-olds I went in at kids church with a package of stickers and they like decorated the side of my wheelchair because and they're all like smiley faces and little kid things you know um because that was how I viewed my wheelchair Mm -hmm. was you know I don't know sprinkles and rainbows it was it was a blessing to me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so anyways uh shifting back to counting it all joy one of my favorite verses in the bible might be my favorite is James 1 um to for counter all joy my my sister and <laughs> my yeah. brother, when you fall into diverse temptations, when things are hard, really, really hard, knowing this that the trying of your faith work is patience, but patience have a perfect work in you, you 'd be perfect in attire, wanting nothing, and I love the idea that struggles all struggles, if we allow the Lord to work in our lives create this beautiful masterpiece that we could never, ever, 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 and I stress ever experience on our own without the hardship.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm.
3: So then it brings us to Romans 5, 3 through 5, you know, tribulations work with patience, patience experience and experience hope. Now you can be in a terrible situation experiencing terrible things and not allow the Lord to work hope in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your choice you know Mm -hmm. and there certainly have been times where even in the middle of lupus where I'd wake up and be like wow I feel horrible today yay Mm -hmm. I mean I'm human right Mm -hmm. but it was always a fairly quick shift in the morning because I would be in my word first thing okay God what are you doing in this day Mm -hmm. and and people ask me well I'm talking about joy like laughing, smiling, cheerful joy, because I think a lot of Christians have this idea that, well, I have the peace of the Lord in my heart, so that's joyful enough. And I just don't think it's true. When he talks about joyful, joyful is like exuberant. It is cheerful. It is put a smile on your face. It is like an indwelling of the Holy Spirit that actually like bubbles up and out of you. And yeah, that's the kind of joy he's talking about. And and I think from living that experience for over a decade
4: mm-hmm.
3: i i know that to be true that it is absolutely that kind of joy it isn't just i'm going to take a deep breath and i'm going to handle the situation and mm-hmm. not that that's not appropriate at times um like there were literally days where i would get up and i would know i'm probably not going to leave the bed today other than to like crawl to the bathroom Um, and get back in bed and I would get at the end of my day and go oh my gosh the kids and I survived like Mm -hmm. I'm not sure really how we survived Mm -hmm. we just did we got it done Um, you know that was probably the worst of it but I knew that he would again provide he he would just be there Um, Hmm. and it was amazing and he really did provide a joy that is like that that is I don't know homecoming in the perfect dress kind of joy Mm -hmm. that is I'm going on a date with my husband and my hair is on point kind of wow I'm contented (laughs) or um I'm hiking Katahdin and I rocked it and I'm at the top in this beautiful view and I did it with my bestie joy Mm -hmm. it is going to see a movie and having popcorn and laughing at all the things that kind of joy Mm -hmm. wow and and I yeah, I, I I've experienced that firsthand, and so to bring it to like a a very current thing. So when my son had his concussion, um, in, tell people just really briefly yeah, what okay. happened. So okay, so Isaac's miles. a big football player, and they lift weights all you know through the off season, and he was at the gym, and um, the bar was not racked correctly. So when he went to, he was doing um, like a military press. And so he was underneath it, and he went to turn it to get it in a better position to grab it. And because it was like a square bar, it came right off and hit him in the the temple, like 175 pounds. Um, He's just really blessed to not have cracked his skull. Mm -hmm. Um, So he had a just monster concussion. And um, like I said having been through quite a bit of health issues before and specialists and doctors and all the things, I wasn't super concerned. I mean, I was worried, but I knew that we'd get through it, he'd be okay. But you know, four or five days in when his personality really started shifting and changing, and he became super short tempered, like literally could not remember things that had happened five minutes ago, that was really scary. Oh my gosh. And so in that time, of course, I'm like, I mean, you know, you're, you're smart about it. I'm reaching out to people, getting prayer, putting it on the church, prayer vine, and, you know, all the things. Um, and then, of course, I'm a bit of a dork. So I'm, like, instantly I'm doing all the research on all the things with, you know, traumatic brain injury and what do I need to do? Does he need supplements? Does he need sleep? Does he need patches on his eyes to mm. keep, you know, all, all, all of that. Um, mm. But so I instantly went into a, what can I do to fix it mode. But when I realized maybe two or three weeks in – that, wow, he he can't work at Chick-fil-A, he can't do any of his homeschooling on the computer at all, which he does quite a bit of it, because he can't do any screen time, he really can't read a book for more than just a few minutes, okay, so let's see, so he can't work, so he can't lift weights, obviously, it was like at least eight weeks, he can't lift any weights, he can't do his homeschooling, is he even going to be my kid in the long run, you know, because, Traumatic brain injury, depending on how long it lasts, mm-hmm. c- can really impact a person's personality. Mm-hmm. And he has mm-hmm. a really cool personality, and that was really hard. I'm like, okay, so how do I help him find contentment? You know, mm. what's Paul say? You know, I have learned... In, in the less I've learned in the more, to mm-hmm. be contented. But I love that it says that, that godliness with contentment. It isn't just contentment mm-hmm. and like, okay, we're just going to be okay with this. It's godliness. It's choosing to come to the Lord, and I want to walk in a way that is upright and righteous in this moment that gives us the strength to be actually contented mm. in the situation. So and in that contentment, then you start looking for, Oh Lord, the works of the Lord are great. Sought out of all those pleasure therein. Okay, so, so I trust you, Lord. I'm pursuing you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk this thing out with you. You kind of take a deep breath. Okay, now I can start finding the joy in the thing, and I've got to teach Isaac how to walk through that. So for me, it forced me sort of on the back door to find my own contentment in that Mm -hmm. space. Um, So then it became, okay, well, so if we can't do any of the normal school, how can I create ways for him to engage his brain without hurting his brain? Mm -hmm. And so we would have Bible coffee time. You know, i grab a cup of coffee for him. We both, like, don't eat breakfast, so we've got our two cups of black coffee. Let's talk about what the Lord is doing in this hard situation. Let's talk about how this is going to grow you for good in the long run how are you going to be able to relate to your teammates better for this and here's the coolest thing so Mm -hmm. translate to maybe five or six months later they're doing this they have this big giant like lift i'm trying to think what's it called max out max day so in football all summer long they lift weights they get together and they have this big thing where they let's lift as much weight as we can you know max lift I think it was called oh my gosh. and oh I it's know it's, it's hilarious it's weird so it's weird because <laughs> <laughs> it's testosterone on yes. Uh, yes. overload. Point. so of course he hadn't been able to lift weights for at least eight weeks and then it was probably a good month or so to kind of get gently back into the mm-hmm. swing of things
4: mm-hmm.
3: and he had not been able to study the plays the same way he had you know it just was different in his all his teammates saw him struggle in that time to be sort of Aussie you know he's a captain of the football team um and you know he's like very engaged with that and (laughs) (laughs) so for him to be diminished they saw that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he was still through encouragement through the Lord through mm, having coffee time with mom and and for looking for those places where the Lord was refining him and finding contentment joy in that he brought that to all the places where he was struggling so they go to the max lift and he is big and he lifts all the things. And so he, he is giant. He is he's a pretty big boy. Um, so he had the biggest lift for like bench press and for squat and for hang cleans and but when he went to do his squat, he had a goal of 500 pound squat. Good and Lord. he. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that would have broken a record, right? Yeah, his record, him, 485 was what he got. And that did break the school record. Mm-hmm. So, but the cool thing was, is that when he hit that, um, of course, the I was there. I was outside. It, you know, there's like 60 guys, 75 guys. There was a lot. All the team is in there. They like erupted. It was wild. It was, it, it was yeah. wild. They were Parker slapping him. And he said the sweat was flinging off of me <laughs> like a sprinkler <laughs> as are whacking my back. He said it was so gross. But the cool uh, thing was is that oh if he had gosh. not gone through that trauma... They would have expected him to lift the hard weights, the big yeah. weights. Aussie. it wouldn't he's have Aussie. been
2: a big deal. It wouldn't have been a big it would deal. Just been Aussie on a Tuesday. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
3: But he had gone through that trauma. He had been diminished. He had not been able to lift weights. He'd pushed through. He'd been an encouragement to the other boys when he, because he was still going. To watch them lift and encourage them when he could not do oh, it so which good. is like so hard you know mm-hmm. as an athlete mm-hmm. and the first thing he says is because they're like blo- they're losing their minds oh my gosh you're so strong you're a beast you're this and that he's like god made me this way mm-hmm. and like instantly the glory goes to god mm-hmm. because of that time of having to walk with god in a season where we weren't even sure he could play football again like mm-hmm. at all we just didn't know mm-hmm. and that's so that's the joy that comes out of that again what for the furtherance of the gospel
0: Mm-hmm. Hallelujah! Was this just last year? It was this.
3: This year, was this year. okay. This was January this year. Yeah,
1: it, it was so weepy. It was yeah. so. It was oh, so my beautiful.
0: Gosh!
3: Yeah. it was really scary. Yeah, yeah, very scary. So a lot of. Is a he lot- out there
0: playing football now? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: he is, and he is oh, my wow. husband's favorite. I mean, he loves his son.
1: My husband loves backtrack. his son. Just backtrack. I know he loves his son, and he loves
2: watching his son run. But there is nothing like watching Isaac Osbourne on the line. Um, like he is a beast, mm-hmm. and like uh, he and so Peter doesn't sit next to me. We all know this. This is we're be- <laughs> we confident in our marriage. He uses or goes as far away. So I usually sit with Juliet because we she has extra and blankets, scream. and we yell and scream together. And he goes as far as w- what he can. And his besides taking videos of Parker to send to family, he takes videos of Isaac, and <laughs> so Isaac is. He has to be triple teamed because he is so big and he is so strong. And yeah. he is like, and yet, and that he like so cool. pummels them to the ground. And then he's like, hey, buddy, good job. Let me, let me help you up." It's like the most <laughs> hilarious thing you'll ever see. When Aww. they talk
3: trash to him on the line, usually it happens two or three times. And he'd be like, and then they like kind of like push off him. And he'll be like, yeah, Jesus loves you. Like,
2: Wait, what? <laughs> I don't <laughs> Meanwhile, Parker is not that. Sanctified. Not <laughs> that sanctified. Parker goes on. He lines up yeah. to someone and he goes, "Big, big man, little muscle." <laughs> <laughs> he's the lineman that he's up oh, and then, Or the other, the other match, he blocks. So when there's another, he d- he does not block like. Isaac blocks because Isaac just stands there and they bounce off of him like Goliath. <laughs> they're like, bing, bing. Parker has to push it. really <laughs> hard. So, but anyway, he, this guy got so mad at him and he could just, you could hear this guy cussing out Parker. And again, Isaac and Parker are in this very awkward situation where they're in the world but not of it. Mm-hmm. And so Parker does not curse in, on the line. And so he goes, Buddy, I get it, you're frustrated. But you're not, I'm not you're not gonna get by me. But have a good day. You're doing a good job. And that just makes them more mad because of they, course they're just screaming at him. And I was like, Parker. What? I saw that interaction. He's like, yeah. At the end of the game, he came up and apologized. He's like, <laughs> sorry, I lost my temper. <laughs> I was like,
3: wow, so funny. You're just not gonna get purchased with our You're boys. not, gonna, not nope. gonna get it. <laughs>
2: well, thank you so much for coming, Seriously, Juliet. And you amazing. were a blessing, and we love you so, so. Thank
0: so, you. So. Thanks for having me. This was
2: really cool. All right. Love you. Bye. Hello. Hello.